The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by NJM Insurance, and a very special guest joining us, Hall of Famer and Super Bowl winning coach and Football Night in America analyst for, I think, 12 years now, almost as long as his coaching career, Tony Dungy. Appreciate the time. Hard to believe, John. Thanks uh, for having me. Yes. Pretty wild to think that now your TV career with NBC is almost as long as your coaching career, huh? Yeah, I've actually been with NBC and Football Night in America longer than any stint I had as a coach. Uh, Longer than my time in Pittsburgh, longer than my time in Indy or Tampa. So uh, I feel like NBC is home for sure. NBC is home for me as well. We are in the family. So, Tony, I'm going to put you on the spot. The Eagles... If they win their last two games, they are in the playoffs. Do you think they're getting in? Well, I was not a believer early on. I thought they were making adjustments, getting used to Coach Sirianni's system, getting used to the new defense, putting things together. I thought they might be a year away. But I I really feel good about where they are. I think they know who they are. Uh, They have embraced their identity. And uh, uh, with this running attack and with Jalen Hurts, what he adds where you have to defend him, This is a team nobody's going to want to play uh, here in in December and January. So they've got Washington on Sunday. And if they win in Washington and the big Sunday night game on NBC this week, Packers Vikings, if the Packers can beat the Vikings at home and they're playing for that number one seed. And then two other things, 49ers win and saints lose one of those. The Eagles can actually clinch this weekend. How surprising is that with where they started at two and five? It's really amazing. The only other one you could compare that to is Miami, where Miami had a seven-game losing streak, and now they, if they win their last two, they're in. But what that tells you is players never gave up on their coach. They believed in what coach was saying. They stayed with it. And regardless of the noise outside, they, they were focused. And now they're at a point where they can do it. And, and I, I really feel like they'll win this week. Washington's in a little bit of disarray. Philly's playing great. Now, if it comes down to next week, that I, I think that could be a game that we'll have on NBC. If it comes down to Philly and, and Dallas, that would be wild. So as a representative of NBC, that could be flexed. Cowboys, Eagles, you've had it every year since you've been there, right? You need it. We, we really have. And for that last game, they always want to come to a game that's going to have playoff ramifications no matter what else happens. And, and I can see that happening. You know, Philly needing the game to get in. And then Dallas needing the game for seeding, it would be a perfect way to end the year. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about how Dallas would rest their starters for at least some of the game, but they still want to be in that second spot, right? I, I can tell you there is so much difference. It, one, two, three, four. You, you think, oh, it doesn't make that much difference if you're not the one seed. It doesn't matter. Our Super Bowl year in Indianapolis, we had to beat Miami the last game of the year to stay in the three spot. 
And people, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, we end up winning, beating Baltimore. New England was the four seed, and they beat San Diego. So we got the AFC championship game at home because we won that last game that people were saying, oh, it's not that big a deal. No, they're all a big deal. If you can get to the two, you want to be the two. If you can get to the three, you want to be the three. You, you don't want to say, oh, it really doesn't matter because you don't know how it's going to play out. The Eagles, these last two games, they've been at home, and Washington was decimated by COVID. Eagles got to face Garrett Gilbert, uh, and then you saw the Eagles beat the Giants, and Jake Fromm was the quarterback. And we saw what happened with the Saints having to go with Ian Book. They were out their top quarterbacks. What do you think of what is happening in the NFL with the COVID variant right now with teams being decimated? And honestly, playoff spots can be decided by this. It's really a shame. Um, you know, I'm Indianapolis Colt in my heart and uh, Carson Wentz just test positive. So is he going to be able to play in a, in a game where the, the Colts really need it? Uh, it? It really isn't fair, but life isn't fair. And so the NFL, you've got to play the games when they're scheduled. And unfortunately, some teams that have really needed to win games haven't had their full complement of people as a coach. You understand that, and you always talk about next man up and no excuses, and we're going to do what we do. Uh, you have to find a way to try to get it done, but uh, it just seems like the teams that are able to avoid the COVID issues the best, that's who's, who's going to be standing at the end, and, and that's unfortunate, but that's life in the NFL in, in 2021. We were talking about the job Nick Sirianni has done if Nick Sirianni gets this Eagles team into the playoffs, they've never made the postseason starting two and five in the entire history of the franchise. Where would he be in your coach of the year vote? Well, you certainly would have to talk about it right now. You, you look at Matt LaFleur, they're playing great in green Bay, possibly get the number one seed uh, coach Sirianni there and what they've done the turnaround. Brian Flores uh, going from one and seven to on the cusp of the playoffs. Those are my, my three leaders in the clubhouse right now, depending on how, how the year turns out. But, Nick, you, you'd have to, to say with, with everything that's gone on, injuries, uh, starting out slowly, all of those things, and holding the fort and keeping the players' belief, uh, it's been outstanding. Tony, I honestly can't remember a scenario like this where a team started off like the Eagles did and they were throwing the ball all the time, and then it was a complete philosophical switch to be able to switch it like that, these last eight games, and dominate and be the best rushing team in the NFL. Can you remember a team that has done it like this? I really can't, other than injuries. Um, way back in, in 1976, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, had that high-flying offense, and Terry Bradshaw got hurt. They brought in a rookie quarterback and turned to Franco Harris in the running game and just ran their way into the playoffs. But, uh, you know, Philadelphia, it's kind of a unique situation. Some offensive linemen hurt, Lane Johnson out a little bit. Uh, Jalen Hurts was nicked up a little bit. When they got everything back together, I think they realized this is who we are. This is what we do best. And the, the Jalen Hurts factor, where you have to defend that part of the running game too, uh, it has really put defenses behind the, the eight ball. And Philadelphia is they're, – they're just running on everybody. And that, that's – for me, an old-school guy, it's kind of fun to see. Yeah, how about that physicalness and the toughness? What does that do to other teams? Because we saw the Saints come into the link. The Saints had the top rushing defense. The, the Washington football team, they were a pretty good 
run, run, uh, defense against the run, but the Eagles ran over everybody. Well, I, I remember when I was coaching and coaching some pretty good defenses in Kansas City, Minnesota, and Tampa, and I would go to coaching clinics in college, and we'd talk about the defense we're running, and then someone would raise their hand and say, well, what do you do on this defense if the quarterback runs? And I would say, well, we don't really worry about that because the quarterbacks don't run. Well, now you have to worry about it. And all of these great defenses like uh, New Orleans, who was playing tremendous defense against the run, well, all of a sudden they've got everything covered but the quarterback. Now I've got to take a guy and put him on the quarterback, and that opens up something inside. And now the running backs have lanes that we're not used to seeing. And uh, that extra element has really, really thrown people off. And uh, I, I love watching it. And as you say, Philly has kind of embraced that. That's our identity. People have to stop us now. And if they can't stop us, we're going to pound it right down their throats. There's obviously the top teams in the NFC that are led by the stud quarterbacks. Every year it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and you've got Dak Prescott in there, um, Kyler Murray. And then Matthew Stafford with the Rams. How far can the Eagles go with a run-first offense? Oh, you can go a long ways. And especially this time of year, you get in the, in the playoffs and you're playing outdoors. We saw what New England did in Buffalo on a cold day where it's windy and it's tough to throw, and they ran 45 times and won the game. And that's what you're going to be dealing with. Um, Yes, you may go to, you know, Philly may have to go to L.A. or they may have to go to Dallas and get in great condition. But, hey, they may end up in Green Bay. Who, who knows? And, and now what kind of day is it? And can Green Bay deal with this, this run game if, if it's a, a cold day where you can't throw? Uh, I, I love the running game in the playoffs, and, and I think that's going to give Philly an advantage if they get there. Now the Eagles are without Miles Sanders this Sunday. He broke his hand. But you've got Jordan Howard, who was resurrected off the practice yeah. squad. And then you've got Boston Scott, who always seems to come in this time of the year. And he's a big boost. Uh, when you have an offensive line like that, I don't want to say you can put anybody back there, but are they interchangeable at running back back there? Well, it, it is to a certain extent. And those guys are a little fresher. You know, they haven't had the, the, the amount of carries that a Jonathan Taylor has had. So uh, you get the backs who are excited and they're getting their chance to go. And the offensive line says, we don't care who's back there. We're going to open up some holes for anybody. Um, that, that's a formula for success. So I, I think that they're in good shape. And Jordan Howard could be a really, really big factor down the stretch. How about Jalen Hurts? Because a lot of us didn't know coming into this year, which is basically his first full season, basically his rookie season in the NFL. He had new coaches. What have you thought about his progress this year? Well, I think he's been fantastic. I met Jalen at the, the combine, and I kind of fell in love with his personality and his leadership. And you talk to whether it's the Alabama people or Oklahoma people, everybody talks about him as a person. And I think what happened is, the coaching staff there figured out how do we utilize this guy best? And to me, that, that's great coaching. It, it's not, well, here's our system and Jalen's got to do this and learn this and figure this out. No. Okay. Here's our guy. And what does he do best? And we're going to put this together. And they have put the system around him. These young receivers now, uh, because of the running game, you don't see all these different coverages. I don't have to read things. I don't have to adjust my route. I'm going to get a lot of single coverage because that safety is going to be down taking care of the running game. So now can I beat one-on-one -on -one coverage? If I'm Jalen Hurts now off this play action or when we dial it up and it's one-on-one, -on -one, can I hit it? And so it, it's kind of a great system for a young quarterback, and they're, they're, they're embracing it. 
you said you spoke and met with Jalen Hurts at the Combine. Uh, what did you learn about him as a leader and the character that he had from that meeting? Uh, just confident. And it was a chance meeting. We were walking by each other in the hallway uh, as he was going to, to a workout. And um, I kind of recognized him. He said, hello. We just stopped and talked for three or four minutes. But what I got was a very, very confident guy. Um, and he was excited about being there. He wanted to show what he could do. And he felt like he belonged. And that's what I took from it, that, that hey, he comes in this position. If they make the playoffs, it, it's not going to be, oh, my goodness, we're in the playoffs. He's going to think, hey, I'm here. I've done this before. I've been in national championship games. I've been on the big stage. And this is no different. Obviously, the Eagles are going to have three first-round picks after this year. And we always talk about those top-tier quarterbacks. We've seen the movement over the last year or so of quarterbacks changing teams. You might have some that want to change teams this year, like Russell Wilson. Do you think that Jalen Hurts has performed well enough to be the Eagles quarterback next year? I think Philadelphia's in great shape. I would sit there and say, Jalen Hurts is my guy. We're going to go forward with this. We've got these picks. Somebody is going to fall in love with a quarterback that they want, and they're going to try, want to move up, and they're going to want to ransom the farm. We might end up with five or six really good picks get a lot of young guys and put with Jalen and we're going to be in good shape. It reminds me of what, where Dallas was. They got all those picks in a different way, but they had Troy Aikman and then they, the Herschel Walker trade. And then you had all of these young, talented, energetic guys. And I think Philly could do the same thing. Hey, we don't have to ransom to get another quarterback. Let's put talent around Jalen Hurts and let's build on this. And I, I think they're set for the future. Some insurance companies use jingles and mascots, but not NJM. When you're up front with your customers, you don't need gimmicks. NJM, no jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Get a quote today at NJM.com. And how proud are you to see all of the African-American quarterbacks in the NFL now? Jalen Hurts is one of them. It, it does. It makes me feel good. Uh, when I was a sophomore in, in college there was a guy named Chuck Ely at University of Toledo went undefeated for three years at Toledo never lost a game hadn't lost a game in high school so he hadn't lost a game in six years he didn't get drafted went to Canada as a rookie and they won the Grey Cup and that's kind of what had to happen back then and, and I tell my boys now you know it would have been great if some of the guys that I played with got that opportunity Warren Moon had to go to Canada to play and prove that he is a quarterback. But now you see these guys come out and the coaching staffs are different. They're saying, I can build around the skill set of a Jalen Hurts. I can build around the skill set of a Russell Wilson. And uh, they're getting to perform. And, it, and it's great to see the league is better for it. It's more exciting football. And uh, we're, we're getting to see some really talented young men. How about you as a quarterback? I sometimes wish I was 40 years younger and, and came along at this, this time. Uh, but uh, I had a great career. The Lord blessed me in a different way to, to go into coaching. But uh, I, it is great to see these guys, Patrick Mahomes, you know, doing what he does. Russell Wilson not playing baseball, but being a quarterback. Uh, Jalen Hurts being a quarterback, getting the chance to go into the playoffs. Uh, rather than saying, oh, well, he should go to Canada. He's a running quarterback. He, he's one of those guys. Uh, no, it can work in the NFL. As a quarterback, uh, when you were growing up there, um, do you sometimes look at some of these guys and say, 
wow, I, I can kind of see a little bit of myself in them or I could have been that guy. Well, I, I look at um, the guys that I pl played against um, and I, I do see that, you know, Charlie Ward was phenomenal. I thought he was the best. He was. He won the Heisman Trophy. Never got a chance. He ended up having to play basketball. Uh, so many guys going to Canada or guys changing position. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a shame that the, the world didn't get to see some of these guys play quarterback uh, because the, the league would have been different 20 years ago or 25 years ago. But we're getting to see it now, and I think we're better for it. How special was that? Uh, and, and the amount of respect that Jalen Hurts obviously has when he shows up to the Eagles game wearing a Randall Cunningham jersey. Yeah, I, I think these guys understand the history of it and, you know, the, the Michael Vicks and Randall Cunninghams and Warren Moons, what, what they did to kind of set the, the stage and the tone. And now it, it's, you know, nobody's saying, gosh, this guy can't play quarterback. We don't know if he can be a leader or not. It's, it's how can we use the talent that, that these guys have? How can I build a system uh, that really takes advantage of Lamar Jackson. How can I build a system? And it took the Eagles, as we mentioned, it took them five or six weeks to figure it out with Jalen Hurts. But now they're, you know, they're rolling. And gosh, you know, we could see week 18 for all the marbles, Jalen Hurts running a certain style of offense against Dak Prescott running a different style of offense. Both of them very effective. One of them is going to, you know, shine and, you know, it's just – it's fitting, and it, it's neat, and it's – I say hooray for the NFL. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tony, how about the relationship between Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts? When you saw Nick uh, yell at Jalen Hurts and to, you know, hold on to that football, and, and Nick said that he's really able to do that because Jalen is the son of a coach, and Jalen says, you can coach me hard. What does it say about the evolution of their relationship? Well, that, that tells you everything you need to know. Um, they, they have a special relationship, and that's what's growing. And I think that's why they've improved. It's they've gotten to know each other. Coach knows what Jalen likes, what's good for him. Jalen knows how to please his coach. They're on the same page, and they're on the same wavelength. And so you're, you're going to have some of those every now and then. But the, the fact that they believe in each other, and they have that type of relationship, that, that shows me they're going to be great for, in the future. Tony, I know you and Doug Peterson are one of only a handful of people in NFL history who have won a Super Bowl as a coach and a player. What's your relationship like with Doug these days, and how great is it going to be to see Doug hopefully get another head coaching job here? Oh, he'll be back. There aren't uh, many coaches available who have Super Bowl rings, and, and he's one of them. It was a real, real pleasure for me. Uh, I got to cover the Eagles that year for NBC. I had the NFC team leading up to it. So I got to spend six or seven days in Philadelphia, got to know the players and what they thought of Doug and, and his relationship. And so it was great after the game to be able to say, welcome to the club. There's only four of us. Uh, so it's a pretty exclu exclusive club of guys who – had that Super Bowl ring as a player and a coach, and, and Doug is so deserving. And I know that you have a special relationship with Michael Vick, and you were very instrumental in guiding him back into the NFL and also being a mentor for him and, and talked with Jeff Lurie and the Eagles a lot about welcoming him back. Do you still talk with the Eagles at all frequently or anything like that? 
I, I occasionally with the Eagles, I, I've gotten to know Jeff Lurie over the years. Uh, I interviewed for the job in 1995. So that's when I first got to, to meet him. Um, and I've, I've stayed in touch and stayed close with them. Uh, I knew Chip Kelly well. My son played for Chip. So I was kind of hanging around when, when Chip was there. Um, Michael's situation, Andy Reid and I had gotten close and Andy actually called me. And I was one of the few people that were able to go into Leavenworth and visit. And, hey, what, what is happening with Michael? What's in his? And I, I said, I, I promise you, he's a different young man than when he went in. And he is not going to let you down as an organization. I don't know if he can still play or not after these years off. But as a person, I think you can trust him. And the, the Eagles went out on a limb. And they signed him in, in the face of a lot of criticism. And I give Andy and, and Mr. Lurie a lot of credit on that because giving people second chances uh, is not something that we, we want to do all the time. And they were, they were willing to do it. I love what you said before about owners in the NFL not necessarily knowing what they are looking for in a head coach. What do you think of Jeff Lurie and the coaches that he has hired? Well, it's funny, uh, as they were doing this last search, I actually called Howie Roseman and talked to him. I said, I, I know very well what you want, what you're looking for. You're looking for a young, bright, offensive coach. Um, I, I know that from my interviews. I was a defensive coach. That's not <laughs> what Jeff is looking for. So let, let's go out and find the best young offensive mind you can. But it, it's been a great formula. It's worked for them. It worked when they hired Andy. It worked when they hired Doug. It's working now with, with Nick. So, uh, you know, it, it's I love to see when people say this works for us. We don't care what the rest of the league does. This is our formula and they stick with it. So Tony Dungy could have been head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I actually thought I was going to get the job. I had a great interview with the with the Eagles and I talked to Jeff and I just felt really good. I caught my wife on the way back to the airport. I said, I think this might click. And he called me the next day and he said, yeah, I enjoyed it. We're going in a different direction, though. And it was disappointing, but uh, I've always had kind of a special place in my heart for the Eagles since then. And that was back in 95? Yeah. Yeah, they hired Ray Rhodes at that, that time. Yep. But, but they're not hiring a defensive guy anymore, huh? No, that's why I, I, know, I know Jeff. I know what he's looking for. Because to wrap this up, Tony um, – John Madden passed away, and my goodness, you could say that he was, you could say he was an icon, but he was actually football. He was everything. He was the voice. He was, you know, you, you see NFL players now still arguing over their Madden rating. What did John Madden mean to you? Well, I think what he did for a whole generation, when he started broadcasting, he made the game fun. The commentators before it was, uh, you know, information and here's what happened on the field and let's explain it to you well he explained it but he made it fun he made people want to learn the game he made people want to watch and uh, I think that fun element transformed the NFL and so uh, I think we all owe coach Madden a debt of gratitude I know in this business in the broadcasting business how he changed things uh, he changed things in the coaching business. I was a young player at the time when he was coaching the, the Raiders, but they were known for having a cast of characters. And he brought them all together and he said, you know, even if you're a little bit different, you can play for the Raiders. We can, we can work through your quirks as long as you're willing to put the team first. And so I, I think a lot of players have benefited, the, the players who have maybe haven't fit the mold of what 
uh, NFL player is seen as uh, it can still work. And, and so I, I think a lot of people owe Coach Madden a, a debt of gratitude. And Tony, you are one of the most respected people in the NFL community. I have to ask you one thing before I let you go. I was told to ask you about your meeting with President Obama and maybe what your son did to President Obama or with President oh. Obama when you met with him? <laughs> oh, we, when he uh, first got elected president, uh, he came through Tampa, had a town hall meeting. And after the meeting, uh, certain people got to stand in line and meet him and take a picture with him. So my wife and I are there with our uh, one-year-old son at the time. And uh, we're about three people away and uh, my son uh, poops his diapers. And so we had a decision to make. Do we get out of line and never meet the president? Do we stay in line with everybody around us going, oh. So we come up to President Obama, introduce ourselves and say, you have to excuse us and excuse our son. And he said, no, I've got two girls. Don't worry about it. And he picked him up, picked Jason up, took a picture with him like nothing was, was going on. And we still had that picture today. It was one of the, the great moments for us. <laughs> and we don't, we, Jason is uh, 12 years old now. And we had never told him the whole story of, of how embarrassed we were. You haven't told him yet. No, I mean, he, he still knows the picture. He doesn't know everything behind him though. Oh, well, that's fantastic. You got to stay there and meet President Obama. You made the right decision. That's a great story. Hey, uh, Tony, thank you so much for your time. And we always look forward to seeing you on Football Night in America on NBC every week. And uh, thank you so much. And hopefully that Eagles-Cowboys game will get flexed on NBC on the last weekend. We look forward to it. Thank you. That's what I'm looking forward to, John. That's my prediction right now. I love it. Thanks a lot, Tony. All righty. We'll see you.